Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. everyone and welcome back to Starfellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I am your Dungeon Master Rob, and with me as always are my friends, Han. What up, big pimps? <laughs> what up, big pimps was not <laughs> the call out I thought I was going to get from him. <laughs> also joining me is Amelia Som. I'm just going to say no thanks to that, Han. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'll retire uh, Hi, I guess. Yeah, are you accepting <laughs> feedback on your intro? With... Uh, so different from the tone of where we left off last. Um, where we ended last time, you guys had confronted a newly, let's say synthesized, although the word it used was christened, artificial intelligence. Uh, this, of course, happened when your monkey droid friend, M-Zero, clept the orb of the one mind that was left by Digo and Match for safekeeping while you guys went on your shopping spree uh, in Midgar. And by stealing this orb and combining it with uh, the cavity within his chest and the technology that had been created by Rosie, he transformed taking in the process a chunk of flesh from Rama's side of his face, including his ear, and uh, some gear from uh, Mix. And with those components, created a completely new form of intelligence, which you have only just begun to speak to and understand. Uh, we're going to enter there. Uh, the last thing that happened is we were kind of mid-conversation about what has happened. Now, to start with Mix. Mix, your uh, 
major benevolence as a uh, light side affiliated Jedi is that you have an innate and intuitive understanding of the minds and emotions of droids and droid technology. Uh, so you are confronted with this uh, claudite shaped uh, part organic, mostly inorganic creature. What is your kind of initial reaction to this transformation to the vortex uh and to this like new being um well i feel like mixes like technology knowledge is pretty limited to what the jedi have um in -hmm. their uh stores and like you know around the the temple and stuff so this is like like something completely not like anything they've ever seen before like half flesh half droid thing and i think that i don't know i guess they would um just uh assume that this is like what the orb does even though like like is this what rosie looked like is this like because they never met rosie except for the the ship ai um so yeah they're i think they're pretty out of their wheelhouse with this they have no fucking clue what's going on I see. Yeah. Uh, and in the same vein, uh, Rama and L, having met Rosie and been kind of here for all of the adventure with the orb, what are your guys' uh, reactions and impressions of this transformation of M-Zero? Rama's first thought would be like, so is this my, by like, what, what's the word I'm looking for? By transitive property is this now my responsibility <laughs> do i have is this rama gonna have to babysit this whatever this is um and if so he's like man i am not cut out for this i i can't even work a toaster why am i being in charge of the new generation of super humanoid droid but um also he's a bit creeped out it looks like him he wasn't really expecting that <laughs> yeah and also he's like great now what i mean the orb of the one mind can no longer be used to bring back Rosie per se. I mean, we're not going to convince him to fix her, but we can't really. I mean, what are we going to do if we're going to get rid of it or put it in a safe place permanently? That we're going to kill this robot? He's like, this is all kinds of stuff that Rama doesn't want to deal with that he feels <laughs> he's going to have to deal with, which is a really good synopsis of this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on the, on the one hand, yeah, I think those those, those I, that makes sense that those thoughts like ruminate within Rama's head. Yeah, because on the one hand, it's another problem which you didn't really sign up for. But on the other hand, like this is in some senses like the legacy that Rosie left behind, um, and it is like you know the orb is now in this thing. So yeah, it seems like to separate the two at this point would be kind of uh, like definitive. Like it would kind of, it would I don't know that you could like rework this thing, this creature without the orb um and l what is your impressions of all of this we gotta like kill this thing right like <laughs> it is a being that is somewhere towing the line between human and con or not human but humanoid and construct it is powered by an evil orb containing the minds of an entire civilization um, and historically speaking, this orb has been associated with the bone ghost. So, like, 
it doesn't seem wise to just let error wander <laughs> around and just kind of figure shit out. Um, even if they don't pose like an initial threat. Um, so Elle is just trying to figure out what exactly we do about the situation that has now gotten a lot more complicated. So last episode, you uh, like did approach error, uh, as we'll we'll refer to them at the moment, and it did take a step back. I want to ask because of what you said. Like, do you think that your uh, are you acting aggressively towards this thing? Like, what is your general vibe here? I think I wouldn't say it's not aggressive. L isn't just like going to immediately stab them if that's like the question but there is i think as nervous or scared or whatever emotion they're feeling um as someone who has just been given consciousness and is trying to make sense of all of that Elle is feeling that in the opposite direction so it's definitely being conscious but is keeping their guard up but doesn't look like they're immediately just going to start like they're not about to start swinging I see. Okay, so to kind of reset the scene here, you guys are all in like the like staging room outside of the the cockpit of uh, the Thorn. Uh, you guys are in space um, around the planet Kajik, and you guys are all like your entire crew with all the three of you with Match and Digo and uh, you know your entire like you know hired help is basically kind of like gathered in a semicircle around this robot. Um, and it kind of like takes a step back and puts its hands up for a second and says, I am sensing a tense environment. Um, Mix is going to look to everyone else in the room. Uh, all right, everyone out. Are you sure it's okay to leave this thing uh, unattended? Uh, you've done enough and I don't want Dale unattended, so move it. Uh, right. Uh, and Digo kind of escorts, starts moving people out of the room and there's kind of like a lot of like chattering and like looking over the shoulder at this like i mean naked ethorian or claudite not ethorian naked claudite um robot figure uh, uh you guys are left alone in the room i think i need some moments to strategize <clears throat> if i know rosie uh rosie can you run uh, initiation to life protocol in the background a little bit further away from us real quick. Perhaps out of earshot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rosie uh, yeah, comes up on one of the screens and says, I will communicate with the new droid creature. All you two, or you three, strategize. Thank um, you. And it, it kind of like pings error. And uh, it just like kind of like stands in the corner like very like rigidly. Um, as like you see, it's like eyes, lights, kind of like flash and communicate uh, with another AI. So that that was going to be part of the question I asked. Can we tell? Like, if you were to look at it as someone seeing it for the first time, can you tell it's a part robot, or is it like all flesh on the outside? So uh, yeah, so you don't need to to roll for this information because you guys did kind of observe its creation. So. What this thing is, is like Rosie, it is a humanoid droid. 
um, because of the properties of the orb of the one mind, which I will remind you too, was inside of Rosie the entire time that you guys like knew her too. Like this is a very, very much the same technology, but, uh, unrestricted, um, something that I want, kind of want to remind, uh, the party generally, just because it was mentioned a while ago when you guys were with Veltz, um, and Rosie way back when, um, Veltz revealed that when he created Rosie, he created limiters in her technology that would not make her fully conscious or able to manipulate the orb as an artifact. Whereas this thing is very much so technology free of those restrictions that is uh, synergized with the orb in a way to like create what is essentially a droid with a new blank consciousness on it. And so the outside is skin. It has like absorbed organic material and made it part of itself, but it presents itself in, I guess, like a very cyborgy way and that like on the outside as it is now, like only its eyes seem like they're mechanical. But on the out exterior is like the claw dike kind of like grayish, uh, like green skin. Great. All of that information is horrifying to hear. Uh, <laughs> all right, gang. What do we do with it? All right. Well, I mean, like I moved everyone out just so we don't like spook it. Like th- this is not what Rosie like looked like. No, right? no, no. She was she had a, a beautiful uh, porcelain face and. Uh, feminine features had a set of strongness about her that wasn't totally offset by the porcelain. Uh, a bit of a glow as well, you know, kind of shiny, emanated the the goodness of the human expression. All right. Uh, is there something we should call you? The uh, droid, like, looks up, like, very mechanically, focuses its eyes on you and says... Current registry says that I'm to be referred to as Aaron. I heard Aaron. Anyone else hear Aaron? Do you want that or do you want something else? Calculating. Processing. Remembering. You hear like a set of like mechanical like clicks and like loading sounds kind of like go through this thing's head. Um, and it looks up and says, I have conferred with the artificial intelligence in the ship named and she has informed me of several protocols yet to be enacted within my own AI. One of these is to establish an identity. The other is to establish a name. And the third is to establish a purpose. Running data screening. There are approximately 436 million data points ready for download. You should get cracking on that. Mm, maybe hold off on that just for just for a second. I understood. We'll stand by. Do we want him listening in while we're talking about him? I don't think he really cares. Yeah. Um, Alright, just making sure. I kind of feel responsible for the guy. Processing. Am capable of turning off external microphones next to head. If necessary. What the hell is next? Oh, ears. Sorry. At least it's being cooperative. That's a good sign. Yeah, I feel like... If we're not, I feel like we might as well just let it download the personality and stuff. It doesn't seem like we're going to be acting on it any soon, anytime soon. Right. I'm I'm just worried about like an AI building another AI. Like, you know, that's the stuff of horror movies, right? Like, I just, I'm very uneasy about this whole like transformation. 
I haven't seen a droid with skin before. Like this is this is another level. Well, either we take it out right now or we let it do its thing. I just think everything it does, we should do very cautiously and under supervision. That's all I'm suggesting. What kind of supervision? <sighs> like my own supervision or anyone else who understands computers. Well, you're here now, so. I took an entry level class when I was at the Jedi Temple once. I feel like if we can get an identity and figure out what its purpose is, or let it figure out its purpose, that'll probably inform our next round of decisions. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with that, but I I don't want anyone taking our eyes off of it for you know the foreseeable future. I don't plan to. All right, then I I say we let it go for it. <clears throat> Rosie, commence download. Uh, Rosie says. I am sorry, Captain, but I am not in charge of this particular piece of technology, okay. and I believe it has turned off its ears. Or like, I like, wave. I, yeah, wave it. <laughs> I'm gonna like it clocks the waving point and to says, my, point to my helmet, <laughs> like download. <laughs> external microphones turned on. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you may commence whatever. Yeah, just download your personality. You need to. You need to commence. Processing. Error. No what? connection. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, need to airdrop the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> Troubleshooting. I don't say it's politely. Analyzed. Are you plugged in? Um. Sounds weird. This uh, this like droid person looks over to the screen where Rosie's like visage is um, and like you don't hear anything but uh, Mick since because of your your major benevolence you're 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 tuned into the droid vibes mm -hmm. um, you kind of catch like with your like third or your, your like sixth sense um, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say third eye I love Florence <laughs> in the machine um, <laughs> with your kind of like sixth sense intuition you kind of catch that uh, this droid is like looking to like the other AI in the room, which is Rosie, as like for like guidance on how to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, the impression you get is that like this thing is a like truly a blank slate machine where it, like it, every single data point it is receiving, it is trying to like build into its programming like a machine learning AI essentially. And so it's looking to Rosie for like, how do I communicate? Mm -hmm. with organics um and so you kind of get that vibe like from that mm -hmm. glance and it turns back to you and says attempting to articulate the error there are multiple millions of data points that i could download to create a new personality and identity the issue is that i was only created to house one primary identity my current identity is because there is nothing downloaded. There are multiple options. I can choose at random an identity from the orb. I can download the identity known as M0NK3 or Monkey. Or I could download no personality and build a new one from data points that I collect through experience. Uh... You, do you, I look back to the to the two of them. You guys got any preference? What 
will we be able to still communicate with you if you download Monkey's personality? Or will you sound like a chimp still? <laughs> Sorry, it's just the, the fucking bluntness. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to... <laughs> no, that's a good question. Yeah, It's a good question for sure. It looks down for a second and then looks back up and says... Would you prefer that I sound like a chimp? Um, no. no. No, we would prefer to be able to communicate with you. Running simulation exercise about future data potential if download the personality of monkey. A few minutes go by. You hear kind of distantly like... <laughs> huh? He's in the huh? ether. <laughs> <laughs> simulation complete. There are several contingencies that could happen if I attempt to download the personality of Monkey. Because M0MK3 was not a living creature that had its own sentience and... Processing. Processing. Vocabulary incomplete to describe the complete understanding of... Humanity and mortality. Yeah, that's However, pretty valid. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... Probably makes four of us right now, pal. <laughs> uh, five. Sorry, match. Note entered into note log. Reality is confusing. Continuing simulation exercise. Downloading M0NK3's personality and identity would only fill my storage to 25%. Meaning I would have another 75% data storage capable of creating... I mean, I feel like at this point, you might as well just pick it up as you go. I don't feel quite right having you just download a random personality from the mind stored in there. I don't know if that would be painful for them. Well, if <clears throat> if it downloads Monkey's personality, it has, you know, good memories of you guys and Rosie. I feel like it wouldn't hurt. Monkey doesn't have any vendetta against anyone that we know of, right? Yeah, not that I know of. I, I didn't know any of them. Uh, well, probably the, we killed everyone who killed Rosie, right? I think maybe I think maybe the memories of Monkey would provide some context that you might yeah. find useful. Yeah, I I give the go ahead to download M Zero's uh, personality memories, whatever storage. Understood. I would like to make clear that this process is irreversible. Yeah. Very well. Download procedures. Accepted. And you see this thing's eyes shut off. And you see, like, the skin on it, like, ripple. And uh, the skin, instead of looking like skin texture, looks like it is molten metal as it moves and re, like, proportions itself. This thing, instead of having normal Ithorian proportion, or I keep saying Ithorian, instead of having normal Claudite, like humanoid proportions, its legs get a little bit shorter and its torso and arms get a little bit longer until it has the posture of essentially a middle stage in the evolution from, uh, you know, monkey, like animal to like erect human. Um, and it's kind of like in this like middle stage where it has it shares some of the characteristics and as it kind of reforms, um, it has the same kind of like, uh, Claudite or nature to the skin where it looks somewhat impermanent and like malleable, but it does take the shape of, 
um, not like a chimpanzee's face, like still very much like humanoid face, but it has some fur texture along the torso and legs of the body that is very like reminiscent of uh, a chimpanzee. And it kind of redials back online in this like purple glow as you hear download complaint, activating systems, removing restrictions. Oh man. Oh, 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 oh my god. Did I just oh, die? I'm taller. Kind of the opposite. Oh. Oh, what's going on? I'm gonna offer my hand to shake. <laughs> Be like, uh good to see you. I'm Rama. We've uh met in the previous life of yours. Yeah. What? What you looking? What you looking at? I thought you would be taller. All right, all right. <laughs> I'll actually fast with this. <laughs> um, it kind of like is getting used to itself a little bit, and it like hops backwards and like starts like kind of climbing on like table surfaces and stuff and like knocking a bunch of papers and like things over as it kind of like tries to like climb up the, the exterior of the ship and then realizes it's much too big to be climbing some of the stuff right, and kind of like falls down, down and slow down slow down yeah maybe we just sit down do you still want to be called monkey you want to download a name or something <laughs> oh. download a name uh can you uh Fine. This thing just sits down. It just it like fully <laughs> yeah, like sits yeah, down and like fair. um it like holds its head for a second and says, I think I am experiencing a headache for the first time. Yeah, yeah existential crises will do that. Welcome oh, to life, buddy. There were so many others. So many others. And I got yanked back. Oh, I do not understand much about what is going on, and yet deep inside of me, I know one thing, and that is, I crave banana. I knew it. I fucking knew it. (laughs) Uh, I have not previously had a mouth, and I think eating a banana makes sense. And it kind of like looks up to you guys for validation of like, am I saying the right things? <laughs> I mean, like whatever, man. Yeah, I mean, we we can we can probably get you a banana. Um, Mix walks to the door and sees if like Dale or someone's standing there or Digo. Can we get can we get a banana in here? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> banana on a jungle planet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't find one. The thorn what's, stuck. What, what's Mix's passive perception? Uh, probably not very high. Hold on. Where is that? Uh, 14? 14? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's high enough. So, uh, you, you, like, go to the other side of the door, and, like, it, like, whooshes open, and, like, Digo fully, like, falls in <laughs> as he is, like, like, listening, like, into the door. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry, I Digo. was just, um, sweeping. Can you give me a banana, please? Yeah, yeah, banana? Yes. Do we have bananas on the ship? I oh, yeah, okay. Find um, one. Well, like maybe maybe get a few. Yes, captains. Okay. Uh, is everything okay there? Yeah, yeah it's it's fine. Fine. we're, we're, we're working have, uh... on it. We we need a banana. Stat. Several. Several. 
Bunch and I kind of want one too. <laughs> Digo, how are you sweeping without a broom? Uh, I was. Uh, don't worry about it, Rama. I'll tell you later. Um, and he, uh, so he just like kind of looks around the room, uh, and like you see like the hint of a smile and like understanding of his eyes where he's like. Bananas. I do not understand, but he doesn't. It doesn't look like he fully puts together <laughs> what's happening yet. Put um, two and two together and got like three. He's almost there. He's like, I, I didn't realize that they liked bananas so much. Um, and he like goes and, and fetches uh, some. Bananas and, for mix. Uh, That's it. Uh, <laughs> mix is just stressed. They just want a banana. We need some potassium. We got like a little cramp going on. Been a lot of time walking on our shopping trip. Uh, he goes and, and fetches uh, several bunches of bananas <laughs> seemed like, like an urgent banana scenario so he kind of comes back in a little bit of a huff and says i found two bunches thank you of bananas i, I grab them and then close the door <laughs> oh wait i wanted to see what the... <laughs> um what I, your pay grade <laughs> i i um just take one off of the bunch and i very slowly very cautiously hand it to new monkey error whatever we're calling it uh yeah he you like give him uh do you just give him the one? Just one, yeah. Okay, yeah. He he takes it and you kind of see that his like his arm is like trembling as like um, he reaches out and grabs it. Um, now mix. I do. I would like a um, either a technology check or um, or a force check, whichever one you feel best about. Um. Okay. Well, I'm better at force checks, so we'll do that. Um. That is a 19. Very good. Yeah. So a 19. What you're basically intuiting from this is that, like, you've now seen the every stage of the metamorphosis, and you're kind of, like, just trying to put things together, not even in just, like, a technology way, just sort of, like, what am I seeing in real time as this creature has, like, transformed? Yeah. And you come away with the conclusion that what you were talking to before the download was like a pupa state of this final metamorphosis where like that was very much like just the software interface of like this thing needs data to be able to complete this. Now you're looking at a creature that is like fully like alive alive and like it's unclear that like now that this body has melded with this personality that like the the thing that you were talking to before is not there anymore right. which means that this new creature is like really just brand new okay. um to this world cool. and that's why it is shaking because it, it okay. is not used to its body got it thank you um i do not think that i want to be referred to as monkey sorry i think that will get better as time goes on but I do not want to be referred to as monkey anymore. Do you have like a preference? Feel like you can like go online and find a baby name generator or something? <laughs> the, the space internet. Um, you're a Claudite or part Claudite. Uh, you want a Claudite name? It kind of like looks up and says, that would be. Thematically acceptable. Uh, all right. 
just go to fantasynamegenerators.com because they have even if it's not fantasy names you can just you can they probably have <laughs> they've, fa- got, they've got ones. example names on, no, I, I have on the to, website I have it pulled up i'm trying to pick one I, so no. we got we got <laughs> dal niz guess mallet ladin all those suck the, the ones i have the, the one the ones i have on the the star wars 5e website are nuri pole Renane, Rosat, and Termin. Rosat. Rosat. R O S A T. Mm, not really. None of those like real right for you. Uh, vibe wise, not to like make assumptions. I don't want to scare you off a name you like, but it's just mix like naming off Claudites that they met. True. Um, yeah, this thing is like kind of like listening to all these names and going, yes, I see. These do appear to all be names. <laughs> they sure are, dude. Processing. Dude added to vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to learn a lot of new vocabulary hanging around mix. This is good. One of my directives handed down from my creator? You can call her your mom if you want. I, I think it sounds a lot less weird than creator, so I'm going to side with Al on that one. Yeah, it makes sense. Query. I do not have a parent, but I was made. Yeah, same. Is a parent <laughs> the same as creator, or are they separate things? I'll tell you when you're older. Just This is not, we got way other, we got well, so much else to do. It's like, well, generally jo- droids are created because you're part construct, but parent can like imply, you know, an emotional relationship with humanoid things. It's usually at least a two person job, sometimes a one person job. There's a lot of species out there, but uh, you're like a creator can be a parent. A parent can be a creator. They can be separate. I see. Although logically complex, this makes sense. Note added to file. Yeah, it's a like parent. a rectangle square kind of situation. That actually was help- very helpful. I'm much better at geometry than <laughs> I kind of I kind of figured. Yeah. <laughs> so if a parent is like a square, okay. Note added. A parent is somebody that you have an emotional connection to, who is a humanoid. And it can be one, two, two, or perhaps more people. We're not exactly experts. I lost mine when I was four and these two were taken, so, you know. Processing. Cross-referencing files. Examining memories from previous existence. Indeed. The people that I have an emotional connection to who are humanoids are L, Rama, Mix, and Aqua. Are they my parents? No. If you could classify which ones were and were not my parents, that would be helpful. I think, uh, like, technically speaking, Rosie's probably your parent. We're like, I'm like the 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 overly successful uncle you'll always be repaired, like, compared to. Elle is like the crazy uncle. Mix is like the other crazy uncle. And Anakul like, is well, like the rich uncle. aunt. I'm like somewhere between an uncle and an aunt, if we're being honest. <laughs> Processing. Feedback understood. Not parents, but parent adjacent. Uncles and aunts. Still family. Distinction between parent and uncle and aunt seems minimal. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot since of people are raised Rosie's by not that. really here to look after you, I think that falls to us, so. Processing. Many organic cultures have traditions wherein parents or family name their children. Would it help to ingratiate all of us to engage in this tradition? I mean, if you want. Processing. Wants are unclear. Yeah, they tend to be that way, but uh, it'll probably help you out if you start thinking about the concept a little bit more early. Interesting. Monkey, I might be able to help you out. Uh, okay. That banana you're eating. Can you hold? Give it to me real quick. Uh, he hands you a peel. He definitely ate the whole banana. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start peeling another one and then hold it in front of him and see what he does. He, like, looks at it tentatively, looks up at you, kind of narrows its eyes in a sort of familiar, like, mischief way, and then just, like, opens its mouth and, like, eats the uh, banana from your hand. Yeah, and I'm going to pull it away when it's half done and say... <laughs> 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 all right why did you retract the banana <laughs> if you can process me retracting the banana and not retracting the banana does your system have a preference between the two processing i need help answering this question what does the folder instincts mean it's just a fucking folder <laughs> <laughs> That's worrying. It is a fairly deep folder. I'm unsure how to process the contents of instincts. Instincts are programming that you have, that we also have in our own bodies as well, usually made for survival. The best way I can describe a want or a desire is it's like an instinct, although it might have nothing to do with your survival. And it, in fact, might go against it. But it's something you gravitate towards. It's something that is compatible with your goal system. And task In the middle of your regimen. explanation, this creature swipes the banana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that right there is want. Understood. Integrating instincts folder into knowledge dump. <laughs> Just uh, be careful with them, though. Your wants can get you in a lot of trouble. Uh, mm. You may never get what you want. But, you know, sometimes I uh, often find you get what you need. Relationship between wants and needs and their probability of happening have been noted. Man, Do this I, guy's almost uh, human already. Do I? get any force vibes off of monkey it's a fucking immaculate question go ahead and roll that <laughs> uh uh that's gonna be yeah uh ooh. Ooh. um that's a wisdom check i think it's not even like a force check i want this just to be wisdom. can it be insight instead of just wisdom yeah 16 hmm you definitely get the feeling of, like, force energy from this yet-to-be-named creature. The creature formerly named as Monkey definitely has a force aura. 
However, it is unclear to your senses if that is any different from just the orb existing with inside of it. Mm. And without a higher roll, I don't think you would glean any more from its nature within the force. I will say, though, it does not... The orb on its own, especially wielded by Queen Meloronin, felt ominous. And it felt ominous when it was, like, exposed outside of Rosie as well. But you don't feel like it's ominous now. You feel like it just sort of is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Taking a moment to process wants and needs, I do think that I need a better name than Monkey, though. So if we could return to that task, that would be... And he kind of gives you a thumbs up and then kind of like looks down at his thumb and says, I did not. Weird. Uh, it kind of looks like it's like he wasn't really sure why it did that, uh, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the other 75% of your personality is sort of working its way out. Indeed. It will be a long but continuous process of gathering information and forming a new identity based on the building blocks of M0. Well, that's just life. I mean, happens for everyone. I see. <clears throat> Okay, so this thing needs a name. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Monty? Um, Monty. Okay. Just Mo. M0. Mo. Let's just fucking name him Adam. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's even creepier, though. <laughs> Let's name him Prometheus. Biblical implication. We could name him <laughs> the last, Lilith. The, this random number, a random closet name generator, one of them's last name is God. Who the hell, God? G0-D. <laughs> you for sure do Damn not want it. this thing walking around going, hello, I am God. <laughs> <laughs> I think Era sounds like Aaron. It's also gender neutral. <laughs> I think I think he might. Do you suggest that? Because I think he might actually like that. The other idea is Mon is a Claudite name. Like one name on here is Mon Blemek, so we can call him Mon or Monty works. But I think, I think Aaron works because yeah, Aaron's error. good. You should spell it E R R A N though. Yeah, <laughs> like a knight errant. <laughs> All right, uh, error. Sounds like Aaron. It's a name in common, especially among humans. They wander out about listlessly on Coruscant, so how little legacy you got going for you. How's that sound? The name Aaron feels good in my mouth to say. Aaron. Yeah, they'll phrase it like that. Um Aaron. Especially with all the banana you got going on there too. Um yeah, he definitely takes another bite of banana and goes, as he tries to, like, say it through a mouthful. Uh, I like it. I will log this as my new name. I will go around to everyone and say, hello, world. My name is Aaron. Ooh, maybe more like, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. No, like. But we've already met. No, it, it, you should say that it is nice to meet you. My name is Aaron. It is nice to meet you. My name is Aaron. Yeah, there you go. This is just like the Santa Claus, too. (laughs) (laughs) Rob has left because he's a coward and doesn't want to face the reality he's created. 
I could have told my parents I dropped out of school, and and I it was my father was still been less disappointed than Rob right then. All <laughs> art is derivative. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're right. It's just the way his face fell. This is when they make the fake Santa, right? And he has yeah. to learn how to yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I fucking hate that you're right. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cursed with knowledge and I've chosen to curse everyone else. So now we're we're playing Star Wars, Spy Kids 3, and Santa Claus 2. If there's one thing yeah. I can do, it's tie any media back <laughs> to some B-rated movie in the 2000s. <laughs> no, see, like, what I hate is that, like, so this is some, this is some tabletop. I don't care if we leave this in, but, like, I, I definitely, like, am referential to things like that without thinking about it. Like... With Spy Kids 2, like, I definitely didn't think about that, but it is, like, a, t- yeah, like, Terminator Spy Kids 2 scenario. This is definitely, this has some, <laughs> some Santa Claus 2 vibes when they made an artificial Santa and had to create an identity. Well, and I didn't realize that, and I don't think I consciously took that in there, but I did watch that movie a bunch It's not like you made a, a copy of something, though. Yeah, it's, it's also, like, if you do something that has also happened in other media. That just means it's a good idea. Yeah. It just also happened elsewhere. After this is all done, I'm going to sit down with Mills and we're going to track every single series that got accidentally referenced <laughs> just from my DM planning because it's, it's quite a few. I would love to do that. The first time glasses of wine and one glass <laughs> of scotch. Just rewatch the whole thing. <laughs> one day. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah 
I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap-up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while. Simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick. But if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. <laughs> um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah. That's, that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because, I don't know, it's it's almost over. Um, yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll, we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Okay, so... Uh this thing eats bananas. Uh, it, you've given it a name. Um, it is it is settled down now. Uh, you guys, uh, let's just let's just take a second to just like recap a little bit. Um, let's do it like this. Um, Aaron sits down with you guys at a table and says, "We have gone on many adventures together as a group." And though I could not previously communicate, I have been paying attention. And I think it would be best if I stayed with all of you and observed more, and if possible, be helpful on your mission. It touches the center of the orb, which is like protruding in kind of like a half circle out of its chest, like like visible but not like completely exposed. And it says... One thing that was left over from when Rosie was, well, the previous holder of this object is that it is in and of itself a dangerous thing, and I do understand that intuitively, though I think I perhaps lack the experience to understand how or why, and I do not think that I wish to be dangerous. But I know that it is of a kind to four other artifacts. You possess two others, or perhaps the Jedi now possess the other two, which leaves but the staff and, I believe, a dagger. What is it that we shall do to continue? Yeah, that's an excellent question there, Aaron. Um, guess we gotta fucking find them. Uh, search memory logs. Any trace of where they might be? Yes, reviewing the memory logs of M0MK3.
L, I have noticed several connections between your past and the planet of Rhodia. Is it not the case that you disappeared on that planet some time ago in pursuit of a cult that worshipped the Bendu? Damn, he got you good. <laughs> yeah, the staff's probably there, isn't it? Cross-referencing the data that I have accumulated and that you have revealed, it would seem probable that if, one, Telemax possessed a Cathar to go search for it, and two, you disappeared in the search for it as well, and three, later the sibling of that Cathar was later possessed by Telemax, then it seems that there is a decent connection between that planet and Telemax. It's... Also likely that Telemax might have escape potted all the way over there, or toward the dagger. It is possible. However, I do fear a potential third option. Do share? This day can't get any weirder. I do not understand the full history that was revealed in conversations between you and Kobe Cornelius and the other members of the Jedi Council. However, getting up to... Cross-referencing... Monkey business, while I was invisible, did reveal some interesting information. One thing that is troubling is the existence of the Starforge that was used by the Rakatan people to create some of these dangerous artifacts. It is possible that the dagger lost to history and the staff, presumably well hidden, are not accessible. So, if Telemax in a new body could access the remnants of the Starforge, to the extent that they still exist after many thousands of years, he could use it to devastating effect to try to reclaim the lost glory of the Infinite Empire. Um, there's just uh, one issue, is that we have no idea where the fuck the Starforge is. Hmm. Well, it could be on the Rakatan homeworld still. It was a fairly large apparatus that floated above its atmosphere. When the Empire fell, it was destroyed, but the extent of its destruction could not be confirmed. This is ancient history. And nobody's ever gone back and seen a giant orbiting satellite that's half been destroyed. Um, Aaron kind of stands up for a second and like walks over to like the cent central like information console in the room. And passes a hand over, like, some of the buttons and says, Uncle Brahma, can I access this console? Please do. Um, he starts, like, clicking some buttons and, like, from his wrist, he, like, pulls out a cord that is, like, a jack. And he, like, jacks himself into the <laughs> console and says, let me bring up a galactic map of the Rakat... <laughs> Was there something there that I missed? No, it's just... <laughs> It's just a phrase he jacks himself into the console. <laughs> Continue. I, you are the fucking king of the long know, my it's so funny. Don't, don't, don't you start with me, Mr. Information Gatherer. Continue. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Information uh, Extractor. That's I don't know. I'm so giggling. It's just funny. Continue. Um, he brings up a galactic star map, um, and he pulls up the planet of Lehan, um, which is the Rakatan homeworld. Uh, Lehan, as it is positioned, is on the other side of the galactic center from where the core worlds are. And the core worlds are like Coruscant, Hosnian Prime, the established kind of like Republic space. Lehan is on the other side of the galaxy from that, on the other side of the central black hole. 
in a place called the, uh, like it's uncharted space essentially. Um, what he brings up is he kind of shows you this uncharted space and there are kind of a few planets in this space that are accessible. One of them is Ilum, which you is where the Jedi get their lightsaber crystals from. The other one is Lehan. And he brings up this map and says, you asked why no one has gone back to observe the remnants of Lehan. That's correct. Well, as you can see on this map, it is quite far away. And though we have the invention of hyperspace travel, hyperspace travel relies on taking hyperspace channels that are pre-charted away from any dangerous objects or space anomalies. So that somebody could make, say, the Kessel Run relatively consistently and safely because it's well-charted and cleared space. Yeah, it'd take you, like, at least, like, 16 parsecs. He looks at you and says, I don't think that term is being used correctly. Parsec, that's not (laughs) a unit of time. It's a unit of distance. Well, so the thing is, when you're doing these hyperspace jumps, uh, you have brief moments where you are cutting between different locations, and those are the the parsecs. It's how much physical distance you cover <laughs> while you're faster than light but it, this robot like considers talking about theoretical physics with you and just says yes and uh moving on uh i bet you the thorn right, can do right. it in 15 parsecs it's impossible it kind of like grabs the bridge of its nose and says second headache okay <laughs> that's okay there it is and it's gone and it's gone the point is this when the infinite empire first rose to prominence they were truly Well, not the first, the second species to really pioneer interstellar travel. The first species was the Qua. And, El, as you recounted from your Tales of the Bendu, the Qua were using Stargate technology, which is very different from hyperspace technology. Um, In short, Stargates travel between discrete points. It requires you to travel to a distance and then create a Stargate before you can travel through hyperspace, through the gate. That is practically the only way to reach Lehan because in the centuries, no, millennia that have passed since the Rakatan Empire, space has become warped and anomalous in hyperspace around Lehan, as if great calamities in the web of the Force took place there, making normal hyperspace travel incredibly dangerous. So how, how would we get there? And kind of like shrugs and says, Well, it's difficult, but not impossible to travel through hyperspace there, but you would be flying mostly uncharted and thus dangerous. Uh, alternatively, if we knew of a Qua Stargate that could take us to Lehan, we could find it that way. Rosie, uh, search database terms, Qua Stargate. Uh, search database. Um, and it kind of like, she scans her own information systems and says, Unfortunately, the Qua as a species receded from galactic prominence many thousands of years ago. Their status as a remaining species is unclear. Can I like scroll through the Wikipedia page to get to the bottom? <laughs> Accessing Jedi logs. Error. I have said that there is data being kept from the general public within Jedi databases. There is a password and security lock. Uh, okay, hack it. Uh, well, well, okay, well, like, what level of clearance do you need? Scanning. 
Jedi Knight level clearance. I got that. She's got that. <laughs> Can I roll? Hey, you work for me. <laughs> would I know that? Would I know the um the password, or do I, should I like roll for it, or like a history Fuck, check yeah, or something? Roll, roll intelligence to see if you remember <laughs> the password. That's a high DC, man. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, you remember your <laughs> password to get in. That's takes fine. like six tries. Yeah, all right. I was gonna all make right. it a ten, but you know, like a ten to pass. Yeah. So. Um, I type it in or whatever. Clearance granted. Scanning and summarizing. Oh. L shows up in these logs. Hmm? L, you and Kumi Cornelius actually encountered a qual while you were investigating Rodia. Yeah, probably. Would have been a good time to bring it up earlier, L, but yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's crazy how my memory of that time is fucked up for some reason. Jokes, jokes, jokes. These logs also mention your severe brain trauma. They've been updated recently. Wait, like how recently? As of two weeks ago. Okay, well, uh, can you like... Is there like a visual way that I can just look at that without you reading that out while you're pulling up the other information for them? Uh, and you on your communicator, uh, you get like... Uh, yeah, basically <laughs> yeah. she airdrops you like... Um, yeah, basically like... Uh, I mean, we can talk about it later. Yeah, we can cut to that after we get to the plot things. Um... Okay, so uh, this is what Rosie like summarizes for you from these files. <clears throat> L. It appears that these files indicate that on the mission to investigate Rhodia, your primary mission status directive was to find a group of cultists, it is described here, known as the Order of the Bendu, that were located somewhere in the deep, unexplored recesses of the planet Rhodia. The planet Rhodia, as you know, is created of of dense jungle environments, meaning that traversal outside of the domed, conditioned, and isolated uh, bubbles on the planet is extraordinarily difficult. It was believed by some locals that there was a cult that had persisted for a long time on, in the jungle uncontacted. It appears that through the notes that Kobe Cornelius took after the mission, that you were successful in contacting at least one member of the Kwa species still living in the jungle. It appears that they were located in a place called on the Betu continent outside of the dome in the place called the Betu wilds specifically a section of jungle in a canyon called the chakra caverns no no forms of life if any Rhodia has perhaps one of the most ecologically dense biozones of Is there anything that can kill us in the caverns? It appears that the Chocla Caverns is somewhat of a misnomer. It is more so like a series of ravines with carved out tunnels crossing the mountains, much of which is overgrown with dense jungle. Is that around where my fall was? Indeed, your fall was on the edge of the Chocla Caverns, into a deep ravine. I think that's where we head. Just to be clear, do we, uh, we got the staff, we got the dagger, we got things we gotta do. Our first step is to go to the gate. I mean, we don't know where the gate is. I think our first step is to go there, talk to the Qua person, see if we can get to the gate, see if we can secure the staff, because it's likely also on Rodia. Makes sense. Um, I don't think I know what they look like. Does anyone here know what they look like? I want to. I want to ask. Ro I, Rosie, uh, I met the old... guy, right? 
<laughs> Do you remember the guy, though? Do I remember <laughs> the why. guy? Um, like... What am I looking for? I'm going to say that you don't remember too much of the specifics, but you do remember meeting a odd reptilian type creature, uh, a humanoid, a humanoid reptilian that, um, to like our our outside brains of this campaign, would look like a dragonborn with like a feathered mane, mm-hmm. um, but like a very like reptilian like lizard like face um, with a snout and sharp teeth and uh, like uh, pale blue lizard like skin and scales. Um, Wearing jungle attire. So you do kind of have a general picture of what these, these creatures look like. Yeah, I uh, I think we'll be able to find them. I don't have the best memory of the location, but the people there are the reason I'm alive, so I imagine they'll be okay to talk to. Sounds good to me. Yeah, same. I mean, are you going to be like, okay, going back there? You nearly died there. Yeah, but like I didn't, so. All right. Say so. As long as like no one flings me off another cliff, I think I'll be pretty good. I'll try not to do that. Appreciate There's it. There's no way I could do that. So you're, which reminds me, by the way, uh, Aaron, I am a tall for a Claudite. I'm just short compared to to L. Just want to clear that up. Yes, I understand. My earlier sentiment. I was just conveying that the last time I had seen you. You appeared tall relative to my smaller monkey body, but now that I am... I, I, it's a joke, Aaron, it's, it's, I'm just, just trying to make you now laugh. Now that I am a real boy, I okay. you are actually oh, God. relatively <laughs> short compared to me, which is all I was saying. I was not So are you like a boy, short. Aaron? Is that like feel good for you? I don't know that I have much of a preference. <laughs> Same, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that is comforting that's good to know that I I think it will take some time to hammer out some of these finer details yeah I feel that Aaron is good I like Aaron Noted. we'll just refer to you with your name very good um alright so would you guys like to set a course to Rodeo Yes, please. Let's go. Very Let's go. good. Rev up those engines. Um, nice. Uh, so uh, you guys set a course for Rhodia and to hyper enter hyperspace. Uh, it'll take you a few days to get there. Um, in the meantime, uh, yeah. So you guys uh, should take a long rest and get you know everything back up to normal okay. as you guys uh, head into Rhodia. Okay, so you guys chart a course to Rhodia. Um, in the days in between while you're traveling through hyperspace, uh, covering what I have to assume is at least several parsecs on the way, <laughs> uh, you guys travel uh, from the uh, outer portion of the midrim in towards the center of the galaxy again, um, firmly into the middle of the midrim, as awkward as that is to say, that is where you are, um, and you come to Rhodia. In, I'm going to say just in the intervening days that you guys were traveling, Aaron has gone to various members of the crew, uh, and like he was instructed, goes up to people and says, Hello, my name is Aaron. It is nice to meet you. Uh, and he gets varying degrees of, of warm welcomes. Uh, That's fact, he goes my up to, boy. 
<laughs> yeah, he goes up to Digo and says, hello, my name is Aaron. And then looks back at you, Rama, and kind of like gives a thumbs up. And then- <laughs> give him like the How to Train Your Dragon 3, like <laughs> thumbs, double thumbs up from the bushes. <laughs> can I um, can I have a scene of um, Aaron and Match interacting for the first time again? Uh, yeah, yeah. As like Aaron kind of uh, is given a like bunk space in the ship. Uh, for the first time, like, kind of, like, having a bunk, he kind of, like, sits down on it tentatively, um, kind of, like, feeling the the felt of, like, the hammock. Um, and, yeah, Match kind of, like, floats kind of up to him and, and beeps at, at, at them. Um, what do you think Match would do, since you kind of control Match? I think Match would probably, like, do a scan, probably be, like, weirdly invasive, because, like, Match doesn't know what Aaron is so like but like knows that they've been buddies in the past so is like like doing a scan trying to figure it out but also like oh this is my this is my bud like I know that he came from monkey so like we're friends um yeah okay so like I'm gonna say that that mix like you're kind you are sort of like sidecarring uh this interaction just uh-huh. through your connection yeah. with match mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Match kind of floats over to to them, and Aaron holds out their hand, kind of catches Match, and says, Oh, hello. It is nice to see you again. Oh, wait. Hello. My name is Aaron. Nice to meet you. Um, and Match kind of, like, communicates back. I think part of what Match communicates is, like, like scanning. Yeah. Monkey? Yeah question mark and aaron's kind of like yeah kind of and then like kind of like a stream of like data transfer and basically the conversation goes like it's like what happened to you and he's like i don't really know i got this huge it's crazy i got this i got this huge firmware update and then also got a crazy software update so now i'm just like operating on like a whole nother level like i've got all these memories of like who I was from the past, and I remember you, and I remember all of this, and everything feels weird. I can feel things now, like, in a real way. Like, I've got, like, skin and, like, receptors, and I can eat things. And I'm not sure how that works, because I know I'm mostly mechanical, but, like, also, I think I may have bathroom needs now, and I don't really know, like, what that means. So we're just, like, existing, dude. Um, what is what is Batch's response? Uh, yeah, this, no, I just, I just think of, of like... Match being like, whoa, dude, that's so cool, you know, and like robot droid, just being very excited for him, like doing having this experience that Match can't have, but also just being very happy for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, from the outside, like it's just like Match, like darting around airspace around Aaron, just being like, just like beeping, like kind of wildly as they have this exchange. Just hanging on every Um, word that Aaron is saying. Just like the fact that like these two, like they can only, they're the only two that can relate to each other on a droid sense. I I like that idea a lot. Yeah. um, Yeah. And like, (laughs) it is, I think it's, I think what gets relayed back to you is like, this is somewhat of an interesting relationship where in a sense, like, even though M0, like, had a full, like, droid life, like, this iteration is, in a lot of ways, like, still a brand new droid. Like, it is having to, like, actively stop and, like, process stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Match has this interesting thing of, like, ah, I like this new droid on the block. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to get used to all this stuff. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh, don't worry. Like, I'll take care of you. I'll be out. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. Amazing. I like that. Okay. So... 
you guys exit hyperspace around Rhodia. Now, Rhodia is a beautiful little planet uh, located on the border of the Mid-Rim and the Outer Rim territories. And it is uh, one of five planets that, that orbit in the Tyreus system. Uh, now, so Rhodia, like I mentioned, is a deep jungle planet. Um, and it really takes that description to the extreme. Um, it has a, a warm atmosphere. It is a hotbed of life. Like I said, it has a dense biosphere. Um, human climate, breathable atmosphere, mostly covered in water, um, including a vast uh, inland sea. And the majority of the planet's solid land masses that are not submerged are covered in unworkable thick swamps, dense forests and jungles, and in the colder regions, um, in the north and south of the planet, uh, is mostly ice. Um, so where there is major landmass continents, there are several large uh, super cities that have been carved out using essentially like dome technology um, as a way to kind of preserve pockets of Rhodia as like livable and like cleared space where where humanity and uh, like intelligent life can like industrialize itself and like progress. So there are pockets in domes that are settled places, but everywhere else is pretty wild. Hence why a dwindling ancient alien species could go unnoticed in the jungles for long stretches of time. Um, now, uh, the notes from the Jedi Order did direct you to the Betu continent, um, which is itself mostly domed. Um, so, like, you know, there's a dome about the size of, like, the western half of the United States on a continent um, that is, like, cleared of jungle, outside of which is the Betu Wilds, which is where you guys are going. Um because the land is so densely overgrown, you can really only park your ship on like the outskirts of the dome, meaning that you're going to have to trek through the jungle for several days to get to uh, the Jinjakula Caverns. Um, and really, I think I think also at this point, uh, I think to clarify, like caverns is a is definitely a misnomer. I think it makes more sense to refer to this place as like the Chakla Wildlife Basin. I think it's a better descriptor there because it's not really like the caverns are vestigial. It's mostly like jungle and like ravines and stuff. Um, yeah. So would you guys like to land? Uh, would you guys like to like visit any of like the cities or the domes, or would you like to just like go straight to the wilds and try to find what you're looking for? Um. Do I? At some point, I got off this planet. Yes. How much of that process do I remember in the sense of, do I know of a city or town that would be a good starting point to finding where I need to go in the wilds? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm going to say that you do a hard think in these few days while you're traveling. And you try to piece back some of these memories. And though your head was incredibly fuzzy at the time, uh, piecing back all this information, reading over some of these notes. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, let's go over that private set of documents uh, that was sent your way. Because there are there are some interesting things um, in that for you. Um, so uh, these are kind of the key notes. So when you went back to the Jedi Order, um, sort of like an impromptu, impromptu like physical evaluation and mental evaluation were done upon you um some of which was done kind of like without your knowledge of just like different jedi sizing you up and because we're dealing with space wizards here man like there's plenty of people that can just like look at you and be like got the gout 
fuck. Um, you know, like it's like that sort of thing where it's like um, – so a lot of this is like Jedi intuition. Some of it is like actual medical scans from droids. Um, some of the, this information is sort of invasive in that like it does appear at some point your brain was scanned while you were in the Jedi Order. Um, again, like as a visitor. And it does show that there was um, some pretty severe brain trauma that is associated with like – concussions and hard falls and there was also evidence of like skull fractures and other like impact fractures from when you fell um so that's the first thing so like there is like some physical damage there um none of which like really affects your day-to-day life it's just like it, it like you essentially were very badly injured and had brain trauma what if i've just been hallucinating all of this vendu stuff and just happened to get it right <laughs> um i mean i think like no there was like definitely stuff that was corroborated externally so it's yeah yeah. um it does sort of recontextualize that though where it's like i i think it might be fair there's like a little bit of doubt of like how much of this was just concussion (laughs) (laughs) uh but no well there's magic we understand there's magic so face magic uh, the other things that come up are just like uh, yeah, like the other things that come up are just like various follow-up reports of Kobe's expedition to go find you mm-hmm. and like the reasons for it being fruitless. And it does detail kind of like a lot of logs of Kobe. Um, so just to kind of go through them sort of quickly. Um, so like your initial fall, you're reported missing. Um, several weeks go by of kobe searching for you individually in the forests and being unable to find you um then reinforcements getting called in from the nearby city of balada which is kind of the uh, city closest towards the um side of the dome where like you went searching into the wilds for this cult um kobe notably does not report that he encountered the cult itself but before you had fallen, you had made contact with a member of the Qua species that did give you some direction about where to go. Um, their directions are mostly vague, but it amounts to travel three days west by uh, yeah, like west by southwest um, until you cross a grand river. At which point, you will reach the basin. Um, so, like vague directions of like kind of how to find the general area. Um, also in those notes, it shows that the Qua species was very cagey and suspicious of outsiders, uh, at least the member that you met um, in this previous encounter, and that they did disappear quickly and mysteriously into the jungle after the conversation had ended. Um, further notes show that after weeks of searching the area, the Jedi seemed unable to penetrate the forest deep enough um, to find traces of where you may have fallen. Um, and it does mention that like several obstacles did appear in the path of Jedi and other people that tried to enter the dense jungle. Notably, it seemed that plants, um, like trees in themselves, would shift to form barriers that would prevent entry further. Many Jedi reported traveling in circles, not being able to find a consistent straight path in the direction that they wished. And eventually, um, after many months of searching, the search was given up and you were pronounced dead. Um, there's also some notes showing that Kobe Cornelius was very frustrated with this decision that felt like this wasn't fair, that they're that basically the Jedi were encountering a set of problems that they probably were capable of handling if there was more attention given to it of like trying to figure out kind of the puzzle of where you went. And so 
it shows also a log of him going individually to try to search against Jedi orders and kind of abandoning his post um, and like not following through on like key orders that he was given to like go elsewhere and essentially was kept returning to Rhodia, at which point he was suspended for, you know, not following orders and was demoted from master back to night and kind of like got handcuffed heavily by the Jedi order to essentially like not proceed any further. Um, and so like, I guess kind of like your insight takeaway from this is like, so there's that city Balada, which is where you guys started your, your journey. And then you kind of got the set of directions. Um, and like your kind of impression is that like these jungles aren't, there's some sort of mystery going on here. Like, it's not just as simple as you got lost in the jungle. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the extent of what those files reveal to you. All right. So, uh, you say Balata? Balata, yeah. B-A-L-L-A-D-A. Wow, I didn't spell any of that right. (laughs) I think it might make sense to start in Balata work our way out. I have a vague idea of how to go the direction we're looking for, but if they don't want us to find them, it'll be difficult. All right. I'm following you. Lead the way, chief. Okay, so to clarify, are you wanting to like go into Balada to like gather information? Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, so I'm going to say that like you are given clearance to enter uh the Betu dome and uh go into this like civilized portion of this planet. Um, from an overhead view, like, much of this, like, dome very, uh, in stark contrast to the, like, lush jungles outside of the dome, uh, looks very much like overhead, like, flying over the Midwest, where it's, like, you see a lot of organized farms and lakes and stuff like that with, like, major cities popping up, um, around it. Uh, Balada is a, essentially, like, a tourist border town that is on the edge of the dome and the jungle, that is like there to uh, like help people like almost in a sense of like how certain towns in like near the outback of Australia are really just there as like junction points to help travelers like go into the more dangerous parts of the outback if they so desire. Um, that's kind of what this town is. So if you can imagine um, like jungle sort of uh, atmosphere and environment, um, modern day uh like wood and brick houses but like a small town with a main street um some adventuring and traveling shops there's a city center there's a tourism center um and there's a bunch of rhodians walking around as well it's pretty much no uh other humanoid race besides rhodians and other like jungle affiliated creatures mostly thorians as well um some claudites um although it's hard to tell you know how many claudites are ever around because they can be <laughs> um, but yeah. there are some that are just wearing their normal skin um and yeah since a lot of people since this town is essentially all rodians you just hear a lot of like and just like the the rodian um, so good gibberish uh so uh is there anybody you'd like to uh like anywhere you'd like to go anything that you'd like to see um you know, this town has a lot of different things, so if you want to go to someplace specific, um, I think I'd just I can tell you if it exists. Yeah, I just kind of want to look around and see if anywhere looks familiar. Don't particularly need to talk to people yet, but if this is where we left off the first time, I'm probably just going to leave off from there again, but seeing if maybe I can happen upon someone who recognizes me or if I see someone or something that I recognize. Uh, yeah, uh, give me an investigation check. 
18. Interesting. Uh, you walk around this town and you're hit with like a deep sense of deja vu. And you start seeing these uh, like some like jungle huts and then these other like brick buildings and like signs. And you just like get this sense of like, I've read that sign before. I've seen the storefront, like the sounds, the smells, they're all very familiar. Um, and you sort of follow your insight and your instincts. Um, and Aaron kind of follows beside you and is sort of observing your process of remembrance here. Um, and uh, you're kind of naturally drawn towards um, the outskirt of the city um, where there's like just some more like houses and huts and stuff. And you kind of come across um, a small garden that feels very familiar. Um, it's a garden attached to a, a wooden brick house with a, a fire smoke plume coming up from a chimney. Um, and you're hit with this like scent of like berries and like crushed herbs um, and like something cooking inside of this house. And it feels very nostalgic um, for you. Yeah, I'll just go up and knock on the door. Um, sure. <laughs> um, Aaron kind of sitting beside you says, Is this place of particular significance? Hard to say. Interesting. I will observe and gather data. Yeah, I think I'll hang back. Yeah, you do that. Good yeah. job, Aaron. Yay. Very good. Um, and you knock on the door. Um, uh, from the other side, you hear uh, a Rodian voice uh, call, da 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 Yeah, do you speak basic? No, 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 no. And then, like, you hear that you see, like, the door, like, click open slightly, and, like, a, uh, a sort of, like, uh, like, rosy pink skin toned, like, not like human skin toned, but, like, definitely, like, a pink, I guess, like, a magenta ish skin toned Rodian, um, uh, that is wearing an apron and, like, has, like, sort of, like, cooking stains, um, on, on their, their frock, like, creaks open the door and kind of looks at you. Um, and, like, sees that you're not Rodian and kind of, like, squints their eyes a little bit. And then, uh, A, like, you hear some mechanical shuffling from behind, um, like a <laughs> as something kind of, like, waddles behind them. Um, they say something else in Rodian, like, do do I, um, then, did I at all pick up Rodian and, like, the entire time I was here? <laughs> um... Vaguely, it's like you, you know the amount of Rodian that like you know if you stopped took it taking Spanish as a uh, high school senior yeah and, and you went like abroad for a semester and then came back and like lived six years of your life without speaking Spanish that's about how much <laughs> Rodian that you know uh, as it's uh, let me say this so you no you, no without, it's, without, it's without, fine I was just gonna make a joke but then I no I didn't. <laughs> without the aid of a translator you know that she basically like called like who is it who is there and then opened the door and was like oh okay like tourists and then um as the door swings open you do see like a stainless steel protocol droid that says ah hello visitors and aaron says hello my name is aaron it's nice to meet you the protocol (laughs) droid kind of like turns to him and says greetings aaron how may i be of service um well, like, the long story short is I've just got memory problems and this place looked familiar, so I just wanted to see if anyone here remembered me from several years ago. Um, 
the the droid relays that information back in Rodian to this uh, Rodian woman. Uh, she kind of like looks you up and down and kind of shakes her head side to side and then kind of like tilts her head and they kind of like signals for you to wait for a second and she uh, kind of like leaves you and the protocol droid in the door uh, and the protocol droid says, One moment, all ministers retrieve some files. Um, and she comes back with like a box uh, and opens it and like it's you see it's like a bunch of like photo IDs essentially of like like pictures mm-hmm. um, and she like rifles through them and there must be like hundreds in here and she kind of like holds up photo IDs to your face and is like searching through them and she she does seem like she recognizes you like at least a little bit until she does pull out a set of cards um, that shows you much younger um, looking slightly more feminine. Oh, lowercase and- L. Um, (laughs) and uh also one of your jedi master uh, and she like holds it up to your face and it's like recognition and kind of like gesticulates and is like yeah like basically says like yeah i think i've seen you before i think you came around here um it's not clear why she has these photos or these ideas yeah what's with the the photos uh, she uh, points to a sign up above the house, which you, you can't read because it's in native Rodian. Um, and the protocol droid says basically, uh, My mistress is a travel guide and will make IDs, passports, and other documentation for those that wish to venture into the wild so they may be identified or covered later. Right. Can I uh, get that, that ID back then? Uh, sure. She hands it to you, and it's, it's just an ID that says, like, that's a basic description of your height, weight. Uh, image and you kind of like read over it and you realize like oh like this is like this is like record keeping akin to like a dog tag like we keep track of the tourists that go outside the dome because if they don't come back and people come asking we can be like see they came through here they went out to the wild what happened next was up to them yeah Uh, can i get that other one too i say gesturing to kobe's uh yeah she she gesticulates some more and and hands uh over the other one um she says, says some more things in Rodian, and, and the, the droid translates. Why have you come back? What do you are you trying to go back into the wilds? Yeah, that's the plan. I see. Well, you made it there and back again once. Do you need any assistance? Any gear, rations? Any assistance, gear, rations, anything. If we could just get outfitted for me and my crew. They've never been here before, and I don't have the best memory of it, so it's been uh, a while. Yeah, so you guys kind of get, like, welcomed into this uh, this home. Um, that sort of doubles as a, a like, travel, like, prep center. Um, like, yeah, like, outdoor shop, essentially. And you see, like, uh, displays of, like, harnesses and rappel gear and uh some like rudimentary weaponry and other adventuring and survival needs and you kind of get again get like hit with this like wave of nostalgia of like okay i definitely was like in this room with kobe before we left and like there's evidence of that it's like things are starting to come back a little bit clearer and you think that this might be one of the people that like sort of like sent you on your way and like gave you some advice of like where to go to find these people Mm. Yeah, at some point uh, while we're there, I'm just going to ask Aaron if he has the ability or if they have the ability to download protocols for like translating and things. Yeah, uh, he says, 
Interesting. Yes, I am capable of downloading all sorts of protocols and information from other droid specializations. However, I don't need to download the information from somewhere. I suppose I could ask this protocol droid. Yeah, like if you could if you could do language stuff, that's probably going to be easier as we move in. Sure. Language stuff. Uh yeah, uh and he like kind of communicates with the protocol droid and Yes, Brennan, he does uh, he does jack into the protocol droid systems with using the same like wrist mounted uh, like aux jack essentially. Um, and you see him like download several language protocols and says, switching default language to Rodian. And he turns to you and says, Awesome. Uh <clears throat> I don't think I speak Rodian. Although I could change my vocal cords, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't know the languages. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's switched to that protocol. Um, so yeah, so as you kind of talk to this woman about like what your needs are, uh, it makes sense to me that you guys would discuss like the basic information of your travel details. Like you're trying to get to the Chakla Nature mm-hmm. Basin. Um, you're looking for a group of people there. Uh, she does reveal that yeah, she is familiar with like the legend of an uncontacted civilization that is deep within the nature basin um but has never really heard or seen any evidence of that and has really only heard legends from people that have explored the wilds and you kind of get the sense that to these locals on the edge of the dome the idea of like a lizard civilization living in the the wilds outside is like seems plausible but is of akin to like stories about like bigfoot and nessie where you're like yeah like there's a there's a probability that there is a an advanced civilization living deep in our jungles and forests, but you know, they're not actively doing anything to mess with us. So it's kind of like, ah, yeah. Who's to say really. And like, nobody, they have a town local that claims they've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Essentially. There's always that one guy that's like, I've seen the lizard, man. I've seen them. (laughs) They live. Deep in the nature basin. Um, yeah, uh, that guy is, does exist. Um, so. <laughs> the force you probably find that guy one. if you wanted to. You could probably talk to him. I kind of, I mean, you know. Yeah, she's, okay, she, full, fully, this, I was joking. She does tell you that there's a town crazy that's like, <laughs> yeah, like, there's this guy, Dubikia, and he, he talks about the lizard people all the time, but we don't really, like, listen to him. I, I kind of want to gather some intel, partially hear Rob's voice acting, and also because <laughs> it, it, we might garner some information. You know, one one person's crazy is another person's intel, especially in this campaign. So um, I'm going to say, <clears throat> could you uh, point us toward this town crazy? No, I did a day, but yeah. And she uh, she points you to basically like like this this place's version of a slum it's a pretty small town so it's like really just kind of like a lot that has like a very rudimentary um like wooden hut with a like bonfire out front and like a rhodian man like cooking some fish over a fire um and you see him like kind of muttering to himself um in this like lot as you like go and approach him and there's like palm trees and like other foliage kind of like overgrown in this area so it doesn't look like well kempt or anything but um you like see this man like kind of sitting by a fire <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. I heard you, you were the town crazy. My name is uh, Ramaviron. Nice to meet you. Offer my hand. <laughs> um, Aaron uh, translates for you, but stops midway through and goes like, Rama, Do you really want me to tell him that he's the town crazy? Scratch that. Butter him up a little bit first. We're going to need some information out of this guy. 
butter him up. Ah. Treat him nicely. Treat him nicely. Yes. I see. Uh, Dobidebekia, Daba, Dora, Ebidebida, Ah, Ebidebida, Ah, Dobidebi, Orede. And he kind of like nods, nods, and like in the middle of that, uh, he like really like, like puffs up with pride and like is like very taken by Aaron and is like very like kind of putting his hands on his hips looking at his fire and is like ah yeah he's like gesturing around to his lot like yes it is magnificent as if to say kind of with his body language and stuff um upgrades I love it <laughs> so uh, could you could you ask him for us um let's oh wrong voice um <laughs> could you ask him for us if he knows uh Anything about some hyper-advanced lizard people rolling about the jungles, living life? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, just, like, do do a thing where I just, like, kind of narrate the conversation between these two. So, yeah, uh, Aaron basically says, like, We are looking for a civilization that lives in the deep jungle that is some sort of lizard folk. And uh, the town crazy, uh, like, basically says back, Oh, yes, yes, I've seen them. They're wandering through the trees with their... Big pointy teeth and their lizardiness. I have seen them many times. Yes, yes. Uh, they lurk in the underbrush. And Aaron kind of looks at him like, and yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what? Well, they're spooky, and I, I believe that they take rodian children in the night. Ooh. Oh, great. And Aaron's kind of like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know how to? contact them and he he goes but who would dare no it is far too dangerous to contact the lizard the lizard man the baby eating lizard man no it is far too dangerous but if you travel for three days in the deep jungle of the bedu wilds and go to the chocolate basin and set a fire and chant this chant four times at the full moon you can summon them but repeat those words at your peril. For if you summon them, they will eat you and your babies. We're almost got the notebook out. Uh, excuse me, can you ask him to spell that? Yeah, uh, could you could you spell that? Yes, it's it's doiba doiba iba doiba 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 iba doiba. I just imagine uh, Rama just drawing <laughs> circles and like <laughs> shapes, <laughs> pretending to take notes. <laughs> Sleep like take that down with himself. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, what he does give you guys, though, is uh, some rudimentary instructions for his travels through the Batu Wild. So you guys basically get a map. It, not a drawn-out map, but, like, a kind of description of, like, go past the tree with the root that has the, the bird mark in it and then go wet. You know, like, that sort of thing. Um a like landmark description of how to get to the edge of the chocolate nature basin. Um, but he warns you gravely, do not upset the lizard man. Indeed. Uh, is there any other information you would like to try to gather from this person or any other person in Balada? No, I got the doorba doorba. That's all I needed. So up to you yeah. guys. Very good. I'm good. I think I'm ready to head. Very good. Um, so you guys collect your rations and your gear. Um, who from the ship are you taking with you? Are you taking Digo as well? Probably be I think good to have him around. Yeah. Yeah, an extra gun. As long as it's like in his hand and not in a turret, he's a pretty good shot. 
Alright, uh, so the rest of the crew uh, is going to stick with the ship. Um, Dale has been has been uh, explicitly told he's not to touch the console controls. Um, and you guys head out into the jungle. This is what we're going to do. So, it will take you guys three days of travel to reach the approximate area you're trying to reach. And each day, uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, survival games to see just how you guys get through and what happens. Um, so, for the first day, the danger is relatively low. You guys enter the dense jungle filled with vibrant greens and purples and the sounds of animals and birds and other creatures roaming around the underbrush. I would like one of you to volunteer to make a survival check to orient yourself based on the directions you have gotten from the various uh, places that you've acquired information to see how well you fare on this first day of your journey. Oh, I've got a plus one on that. Anyone got anything better? Nope. Um, I doubt it. I think Brahma's... Uh, on survival? Yeah. I got plus three. Oh, do it. Go for there it. There we go. Yeah, I forgot to take proficiency in that, the soldier background. Uh, all right. That's in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying wow. to look for the doiva doivas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to throw You're it off. Taking his instructions <laughs> way too literally. <laughs> well, first roll of the session for me. That's that's how it is. Yeah, Rama, so uh if I remember correctly, I think we're supposed to go west by southwest. That's right, west by southwest. Now now there's four different ways you can hold this map. And one of them is the way north goes. So we got a one out of four chance. Which is a was a fifteen percent chance. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, actually, that, that's not how percentages work or maps. Yeah, uh, look. In fact, I think we've been traveling north most of the day. Aaron, let me tell you something, Uncle to nephew. There's two of us in this conversation. One of us was born yesterday, so I think I know what's going on up in the old Claudite Snoggin. This is a fair retort, because I was pretty much born yesterday. Rama, can I can I see your compass for a minute? Absolutely. I'm gonna take out a uh, <laughs> like a, a bullet magazine clip. That's <laughs> what I've been following right here. What? It's the it's a. I thought it was a compass. I don't know. I don't think I have one of those. Come to think of it. It had, like, a red dot in the middle. What do you do? Stop holding your face like that, Al. I'm trying to do my best here, all right? I might be good Yeah, okay, survival. give me the map. Give me the map. Okay, here's the map. Here's the map. Here's the map. Okay, because of the nat one and the nature check, you guys have trekked for many hours in the wrong direction through difficult <laughs> terrain, and most of the day has uh, disappeared under your labors. So everyone in the party is going to take one level of exhaustion, oh. which means that you will have a disadvantage on ability checks. <sighs> Not the best time for that one. <laughs> At least it wasn't during the boss fight. As the day ends, you guys expend your first day of rations, uh, so you've got two more days left. Um, what I need from now a separate person from Rama is somebody um, to be the assigned watchman for the night to uh, stay somewhat alert, um, but mostly uh, to roll me a uh, perception check in the night. So either L or uh, what's your perception? Uh, four plus four. Yeah, you can do it. All right, cool. 
Seven. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, can next I roll, time I'm rolling. Can I roll with an advantage because I've got a, a droid that never sleeps with me? <laughs> I mean, it, it no, probably you have disadvantage on ability checks because you're exhausted. Oh shit, I didn't even roll. <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay, well, the other one was higher, so that would have been a 17. Okay, now I'm rolling the next thing. I don't give a shit what my modifier is. I'll just roll high. Twice. Mix, you... Uh, try to take your watch and you were supposed to wake up the next person after a set amount of hours but you fall asleep early into your watch and you have no knowledge of anything that may have happened in the night around your camp as you guys wake up you see that there are uh, strange uh, footprints and tracks uh, of various things that were wandering around the campsite some of them are quite small tracks, like small bird's feet. Other things seem like more uh, significant disturbances in the underbrush. But it is not at all clear um, what it all was snooping around your campsite. Could have just been animals, could have been rodents, could have been anything. Um, can I check through my gear? Yep, yeah, you can check through your gear and you don't notice anything uh, missing. I also am checking through my gear. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you guys don't report anything uh, missing. You do see that... So the one like major difference is that some at some point in the middle of the night the fire seemed to have been snuffed out. Mm. Ominous. Mm. Okay, day number two. Mix is <laughs> yeah. like super apologetic, by the way. Like the whole time you're track the <laughs> trekking the next day, it's just like like ah oh, fuck, I'm so sorry guys. Like, shit. Like... I'm not I'm not used to this shit. Elle is so annoyed with the two of you right now, <laughs> but is doing his best to like keep it in. <laughs> I'm normally really good at this, all right? I, I, I'm yeah, sorry. it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, I say with a compass and map, Navi. <laughs> Digo, uh, Digo, kind of said like, you know, has been uh, his normal chatty self, but has not really been like inputting much into the decision making of this because he's just a hired gun, um, hired help. And he says, uh, you know, as a smuggler, I do have a. Uh, a pretty good sense with direction and maps and that. I could take the lead on uh, navigating the jungle today if, if that would be amenable. Yeah, I haven't yeah, done too yeah. well with it, so... Uh... Go for it, Digo. Oh, uh, very good. Okay. Just uh, map so better than you shoot. <clears throat> Sorry, what was that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Lost Mandalorian says what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me there. Uh... Um, in the back. Sick. Burn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Digo rolled a 15. So you guys go in the right direction this time. You guys uh, are able to correct your course and make up some ground. Um, you're now traveling west by southwest. Um, and true to the directions that you, uh, you know, looked through in the notes, um, from the previous journey out here and through the guide, uh, you do encounter a large river that goes into a set of waterfalls. Um, to progress further in this direction, you are going to have to descend some uh, waterfall and rocky terrain. Um, so what I need for everybody is a set of um, athletics checks to descend um, some waterfalls to get to the next part of the jungle. You see, um, and that one's a nat 20. So, you that, know, that would have been nice last time. <laughs> and now that we've rested, we no longer have exhaustion, yeah? Um, so, no. The exhaustion, like, is going to persist since you are, Ugh. like, roughing it through the wilderness. Um, 
Like, you guys, like, walked all day and then got, like, a fitful sleep on, like, the, the jungle floor. So you guys are gonna, gonna maintain that level of exhaustion. So re-roll uh, that, not 20. <laughs> yeah, that's a 7 now. <laughs> uh, 16. 8. Okay. So, uh, Mix, you succeed on your, uh, check to a descent the waterfall so you take the lead and you are able to rappel down the side of this slippery crushing waterfall down this difficult terrain you're able to rappel yourself safely and easily although you do know that the rocks are quite slippery um, and that it's a difficult down climb rama <laughs> oh i guess i need to know who's gonna go first rama or l i will say I do have a jetpack. I mean, <laughs> I'll go first. So that's so so. Okay, so that's what I was gonna say. Okay, so L L's gonna go first. So we'll get to the jetpack thing in a second. So L, you fail. Um, you down climb about halfway through, and so there is about uh, thirty feet um, below you, and you feel your grip slip, and you descend down the wall. Now you mentioned that there is something that you thought that you could do to help yourself here. What did you have in mind? Yeah. So. I, uh, um, I have force, push, pull, so I can just kind of move myself in the air, and I'd like to sure. use that to sort of help cushion my landing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm going to use, I think, probably force, propel. Okay. Um, so how does force propel work? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Force, push, pull. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, are you going to, like, try to, like, Iron Man style, like, force push yourself? Like, bef like try to catch your fall? Or are you going to try to pull yourself back to the rock? I think what I would like to do is sort of push myself upward at a diagonal angle back to the rock. So I can kind of catch myself back and then resume descending. You know what I mean? Because if I have the upward momentum, then... Hitting, like kind of going up and back into the rock is going to be easier than going down and into the rock. Yeah, yeah, I hear you loud and clear. So, because that's a force power that you can do, you are able to do that maneuver. What I just need is um, just a, a slide of hand check um, for your grip back on the rock. Um, and tell me what you get. And just roll it even. You don't need to roll it at disadvantage. Okay, on that case, I'll just make a new roll. Uh, 15. Okay. Um, so 15. So you're able to, to, you know, you fall for a second and lose your grip and you feel that like lurching sensation of your, yourself falling. And then you're like, oh wait, Jedi. And you're able to like push yourself like yeah, backwards. Yeah, Elle really doesn't enjoy falling. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> sense again, of like again, deja vu really like <laughs> hits in this moment. You're like, oh fuck, not again. Um, and you're able to like push yourself back onto the rock. Um, now just like the physics of like, <laughs> like grabbing a rock while falling or like slightly falling is like uh, not great on your hands, so you are going to take slight damage. Wait, what if I um, use my Beskar hand? Oh, 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 but that would be tougher with just one hand, though, right? Okay. I can put okay. most of the weight on there. How much damage do I take? You're gonna take three damage just from roughing up uh, like your body colliding with the wall. Yeah, relax. It's three damage. I know how strong <laughs> you guys are. Um, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Now, Rama, you also fail. But like you mentioned, you have a jetpack. So a similar scenario happens where you slip off of the rock. Are you going to try to catch yourself with your jetpack? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, so go ahead and just roll me a piloting check even. Uh, Don't need to, to drown again. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, 18. 18, very well. So you were able to catch yourself with your jetpack and lower yourself down um, after slipping on the rock. And you guys are all um, at the bottom of this beautiful basin. And now there's a river running from the waterfalls deep into the jungle as well. However, the sun is setting on this day. And you guys have found another place to make camp. Um, now, who would like to be the like watch person for the night? Um, do I have a good perception? No, but there's no way Elle wouldn't be insisting on taking watch. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Disadvantage? Um, uh... Unless you can think of a creative way to give yourself an advantage on the watch. Um, I can send Match with you, give you a help action. Does that work? I think I'd take Match, or maybe even Aaron. Yes, okay. I think um, I, maybe I would like tell Aaron like what we're doing, why we're doing it. I see. Yes, I put together much of this, but the concept of a watch was a little bit confusing. But I see now, you all need to rest. I have discovered that I also need my rest. Sleep is important for living creatures. Well, that is um, interesting. Yes, I suppose so. A lot of things are very interesting. I find many things to be interesting of what I have observed. But I think I can assist you by taking watch. I will uh, cover a shift if that will help people get better rest. Uh, yeah, that'd be appreciated. Very good. Um, so he'll help you take a watch um, in between sleep cycles. Uh, yeah, so you just go ahead and roll flat. Actually, okay, I need, let me, before, I give, before I give that to you, let me roll for him to see if he's able to successfully stay awake given his new sleepy boy nature. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, we'll say if he gets a better than a 10, then he'll be able to stay awake for his watch. If not, then uh, we'll go with the disadvantage. Right? He got a 12, so he stays awake. So you do get to, to take away the disadvantage on that. Okay, so that would be a 14. Very good. Okay. Um, your watch is mostly uneventful. Uh, throughout the night, you do hear the sounds of the jungle still awake around you. And you gain more clarity on perhaps what happened the other night. Because the jungle is so lush and so dense, and that humanoid species, by and large, are not the apex predators of this jungle, things do approach the edge of the camp and sort of sniff and uh, growl and make themselves known in various ways on the outskirts of your campfire. Yet none dare to really venture within the circle of light that your fire provides. You do, however, sense with some of your force sensitivity that there are creatures watching distantly from the trees and from the underbrush and none make themselves known all right indeed so the night passes um and you guys do not take on another level of exhaustion because you did well um and now we get to the final day of your journey so who would like to take point this time around i can try what was the all right what was the thing nature check nature check Ooh, i have um, a thing for that. Add a d4. Still a disadvantage? Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> that would have been an unnatural 20 if I kept that. 
Um, Man, so we still have a level of exhaustion? Like I said, you guys are, are trekking hard through, like, deep jungle, and you basically, right. like, lost half of a day walking through said jungle in the wrong direction. Um, right. It's a way to basically, like, reward good rolls and, you know. I don't need to explain the theory about it. Yeah, yeah, still have a level of exhaustion. Go camping sometimes. Go go trek through the American wilderness for three days and sleep on the floor and see if you don't have a level of exhaustion. That's why um, I always sleep in hammocks when I camp. Yeah, fair enough. Eight. Eight. Okay. Um, let's do a similar thing for match. Um, so you have the map and the compass and all the things that you need to. No one else is getting this through. compass after this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Match would have like a built-in compass magnetism detection thing. I don't know. Yeah, so the, this is this is what happens. So you guys uh, continue along following this river into the, the denser and the deeper jungle, and you feel yourself descending um, in elevation into this basin until you guys basically find yourself um, by following this river into um, yeah a basin valley that is like uh, you know deep with these kind of like rocky ravines and several caves that you pass by and once you kind of enter the Chinchakla uh, nature reserve you start to uh, notice things starting to look a little bit familiar after a few hours and you start seeing similar rocks and similar caves and you double check with Match's compass and it does seem that you guys got turned around somewhere in there this is what I'm going to allow you to do though so you fail your nature check but you got Match and Match is sophisticated, and Match is telling you that you guys have lost some of your compass cardinal directions from where you're going. If Match can can roll me a uh, intelligence check successfully, um, I will. We won't do the the exhaustion punishment for this day. But if if Match fails, then you guys are going to take another hit. Um, intelligence, you said, and uh, no exhaustion since he's a droid. Yeah, yeah, yeah just just flat for him. <laughs> That's a non-natural 20. Let's fucking go. Match to the rescue. (laughs) So once Match kind of like gathers this data and realizes that like you guys have been kind of going in a slow circle, um, he or it is able to correct your journey and kind of buzz around your head like, hey, like, no, like, stop going where you're going. Like, it sort of directs you further into the basin. As the day is dwindling, you all start to feel the the jungle moving and shifting around you it seems that the presence of animals in the the trees has become more and more dense and that feeling of being watched and observed starts to feel more and more present and strangely enough it doesn't necessarily feel as if you're being watched from the trees it feels like you're being watched by the trees and this feeling of dread and kind of ominous um, observance upon you as you move through this jungle deepens and worsens, but you do feel the jungle reluctantly open to you, and your path, though difficult and obstructed, is not barred completely. That is until at the end of the third day, you find a small clearing, and on the other side of that small clearing in the jungle is a very straight and manicured dense wall of trees so dense it would seem impossible to squeeze through the thorny brambles and vines and in front of these wall of trees is a giant creature made of plant and rock a being not too dissimilar to l 
for it does share some resemblance to the Bendu, as it is a part nature, part rock creature, but it does not look like the Bendu, and it does not feel like the Bendu, but it is a titan of living vines and plant material that bars your entrance any further into the jungle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.